The University of Georgia Griffin Campus invites you to join us for news and information about the many and varied programs and activities at the UGA Griffin Campus. Information about gardening, the agriculture programs, and your UGA degree at the University of Georgia Griffin Campus. Your UGA degree is closer than you think. This program is made possible by Frank and Karen Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors. Listen each Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. for the UGA Griffin Campus News. This program is produced by WKU AM 1450 and 102.3 FM and The Rock 88.9 FM and streamed live on our website, wkuradio.com. Join us now with our guests from the UGA Griffin Campus. Good morning and welcome to this week's installment of the University of Georgia Griffin Campus News. Being heard on AM 1450 WKEU in Griffin, Georgia, also broadcast on 102.3 FM as well as 88.9 FM The Rock, Georgia Public Radio at its finest. We're here to talk about many things, graduation being one of them which is upcoming, and today we are joined by three distinct guests, a couple of students here, a married couple as a matter of fact, here on the UGA Griffin Campus Dipesh Threshta and Srijana Thapa Magar are joining us. They have interesting stories to tell, and we're also joined by Faye Chapman, who is the director of the Franklin Colleges of Arts and Sciences here on the uh, University of Georgia Griffin campus, and we thank them for taking the time to join us today. And so let's talk about all the things. Let's first introduce our new guests, Depeche and Srijanik. You know, you have a very strong connection here to our UGA Griffin campus. Let us hear a little bit about your experiences here on campus. How did you find UGA Griffin, first of all? But, and then we'll get into your background a little bit and how, you know, th- 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 your journey has to be an interesting one. Yeah, talking about me, actually... I actually joined like uh, is, this is my second year in the University of Griffin, so selecting University of Griffin is easier for me because my wife was already here doing her PhD, so and I was looking for uh, something in ag economics, and UGA UGA is one of the best in US for our program, so uh, so I chose here and then. It was so easier here, and then we, all the all the staffs are very easygoing and easy to communicate to everybody. Actually, actually, we know each other. <laughs> everybody knows each other in UGA Griffin, so it's very nice to be here. And Srijana, a little bit about your story and what led you to UGA Griffin. Yeah, so I have a very interesting story. Um, so I come from the fruit crop background. Um, basically, my parents in Nepal, they own a mango orchard. We have about 100, 150 mango trees, um, almost about 8 to 10 different varieties of mangoes. So I grew up in the mango orchard, and I always wanted to know more about the fruit crops, which is how I landed um, in the United States. I started in Kentucky first for my master's, and right after that, I was looking into some fruit program, which is when I found UGA Griffin Campus and the best peach program over here, which brought me here. So I joined um, UGA in 2018 fall, but I was in Athens for my coursework for the first two semesters. And then in 2019 is when I came to UGA Griffin campus. And by far, this has been the best experience for me in terms of the education, in terms of the research, in terms of the people around here. As Deepesh mentioned earlier, we have the best people in Griffin campus, and I'm so lucky to be here. 
Well, having started in Athens and transferring to the Griffin campus, you've been through culture shock already. Was that a bit of an adjustment too, going from that large campus to a smaller class size? Definitely. So when I started in Athens, I thought I lost myself because it was a huge campus. There were so many people around. And uh, myself being more like an introvert person, I thought I was not going to survive in Athens. But when I switched to Griffin, then this is the exact place that I wanted to be. So I felt more comfortable coming to Griffin campus. So you will be receiving, in a week's time, your PhD. From the time you exited secondary school, high school, to now, how long has it been? It's been a long journey, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Did you think this day would come? I wasn't sure initially, but um, I knew my parents always wanted to me to get higher education. I thought master's was my ultimate goal, but when I was doing master's, and uh, by that time I was by myself in the United States, I was the only person in the like from the, from our family. But the love and support that I got from my family kept me going, and um, my family, my husband Deepesh, they encouraged me to do the PhD in the same field. And this brought me here today. Well, let's get back to Deepesh. Uh, he's getting his second Master's of Science here on the UGA Griffin campus. And this one's going to be in Agricultural and Applied Economics. What attracted you to the field? Yeah, actually, actually, this field is interesting. We can go to any other field because it's in Applied Economics. So actually, we can go over like uh, the jobs like data analysis to economies, and you can say financial analyst, risk analyst. Uh, there are many positions we can go through because uh, that that requires the, any quantitative analysis, that's economic analysis, resource. We can go through that. So uh, this is my uh, interest. And also back in Nepal also, I did my master's in economics. So that, that, that actually drive me through to applied economics because... Uh, there has been some gaps because I did my master's back in 2011. So coming here, I had already uh, been through many things. Like uh, I went to Department of Agriculture in Nepal for five years, and I came here, and then uh, I wait. Just, you, you were old enough to have done yeah. all this. You look like <laughs> you're about 22. <laughs> yeah, I I actually just wanted to give my career a fresh start from here, so I actually chose here. Do you think that you will, like your wife, do you think that you will eventually achieve a PhD? Is that a goal? Or are you going to be pretty satisfied with two masters to go into the workforce? It, it actually depends. <laughs> if I get a good job, then uh, I think it's enough. But uh, inside me, I think I, I have... You feel uh, the desire? Yeah, I feel the desire of PhD. So... Um, well, after seeing Shrijana go through the dissertation process, well, does that dissuade you in any way? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> Is there any in-house competition? I'm a doctor. You're not there yet. Do we have any of that? I would say I'm double, double masters. <laughs> So, so like poker, two degrees is going to yeah. beat the single high card. Master Trump's doctor. Yes. <laughs> now, the voice you're hearing is the assistant director of academic and student affairs here on the UGA Griffin campus, Melissa Todd, who joins us. And she is, her and Faye are, are, are big integral components in pulling off graduation each and every year. And that's upcoming uh, on the 11th. 10th. 
10th, Wednesday the 10th, mm-hmm. is, uh, and it's going to be right here at the Student Learning Center. And uh, Melissa, could you tell us a little bit about the guest speaker that we have lined up? I understand it is... Uh, Got somebody new this year from the diversity and inclusion on the University of Georgia Griffin campus coming in to to be the keynote speaker. Yeah, one of the functions of our graduation committee is to choose our speaker each graduation. And um, this name had actually come up a couple of times um, in the past. And I know that Ms. Chapman and Srijana and Depeche may have too, have heard um, this speaker before at a UGA event and have always spoke very highly of his his speech, that he's just a very engaging and and, and exciting person to listen to. And I've had the pleasure of talking with him a couple of times recently, and I'm very excited. Um, His name is Randolph Carter. He is the Director of Diversity and Inclusion for the University of Georgia. Um, He's actually held several roles within the university. This is his most recent position. Um, He has a a long and varied um, international history and some very um, interesting stories and experiences to share with our students so he is very excited and um, just honored that we asked him. This is actually his first trip to Griffin. Um, so he's glad to be making that trip, too. So we're excited to have Randolph Carter joining us as our speaker this um, this graduation. Now, in addition to a keynote speaker, I understand there's always a student speaker as well. And I've met and had the opportunity to sit down with some of the past speakers. And I understand I'm able to do that right now. You are. You've been talking to her for the past several minutes. Srijana was chosen... Um, and it is a, a sort of a, a nomination process amongst our committee and our program coordinators and um, a number of people. And Srijana's name um, came out pretty quickly um, as the person that was chosen to represent our, our graduates. So we are honored to have Srijana. And I've had the pleasure of seeing her speech, and I'm excited to hear her deliver it. Now, our keynote speaker, you and I were joking in, in the group about how our questions each and every year kind of get copied and pasted from previous. Do you reckon the keynote speaker speech is the same? Do you think he gives the same speech everywhere he goes, or will you fill us in if we get something new? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I would be of that variety. Now, I've I already would, have the speech prepared. Now, I, I know that we have, I won't say on this campus, but it, it is typical that if, if a person does a lot of these sorts of speeches, they're, there's a little cut and paste there's that happens, there. you know, to match you know, some changes matched on what your demographics and your location. Um, I do not believe that is the case with this particular speech. He um, had a lot of questions about our campus. He wanted to know a little bit about our graduates. So you're getting Um, fresh. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear what Mr. Carter delivers. Well, now let's engage Faye Chapman because she, in addition to being the program director for the Franklin Colleges of Arts and Sciences, she's also one of the chief faculty sponsors of the Griffin Ambassador Program. Srijana was a part of your program, was she not? She definitely was. Now, how does one manage and how do you manage ambassadors who have such a daunting academic slate? Actually, they manage it. That's the the beauty of it. And when Srijana joined the ambassadors initially, she was very shy and quiet, didn't say a whole lot. And there was actually another young woman, an undergrad, uh, that was very much the same. And um, we could always tell there was... There was a lot there that we just weren't getting to know because they were rather shy and quiet. And so I think my co-advisor at the time, oh, well, still my co-advisor, Dr. Mary Ann Fortuna and I were a little surprised, but also very, very happy when uh, both of them, Trujana and Lindsay Decker, uh, let it be known that they wanted to put their names forward for president. 
And it was like, wow, good for them. They're really stepping out of their comfort zone because they were not the typical, you know, really out there and talking to everybody and, you know, kind of like shaking the hands and all this kind of stuff. Um, so we were curious as to how it would turn out. It turned out that there was a tie and so we had co-presidents for the first time ever. So Srijana was one, and Lindsay Decker, uh, the undergraduate, was the other. And the beauty of these two young women working together was that they did it so graciously and seamlessly. At least that's the way it looked from the outside. We used to always say, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I think they got along. Uh, but um, they were absolutely two of the best presidents um, the organization has ever had. Um, they both, even though they're quiet, reserved, introverted young women, they are. They were and are excellent leaders. Um, they took to the task just almost like they were born to it. I mean, it was. We felt like we didn't really have to tell them a lot. They just seemed to have a, a really good intuition for what needed to be done, and they were both very proactive. Uh, you didn't have to wonder. If they were going to do something, something would come up, boom, it was taken care of. So um, it has just been a wonderful thing for me to see Shrijana, um kind of grow into this leader here on campus. Uh, and then Depeche being here with her, uh, they're just too... Every time I see them, I just smile. Oh, they're they always just, together. They are together a lot, uh, which you would expect. I mean, you know, that I would think oh, no, that would no, be no, a... No, 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 <laughs> We should be. <laughs> I, I mean, just sitting here talking with them before we got started, it's very obvious how much they support and have supported each other over the years they've been together. And so I'm not surprised that they're always together. They're mm-hmm. they're here for each other. Yeah. Well, yes. my anniversary was last week. After 32 years, I try to hide out as opposed to... <laughs> They're not quite you'll, there you'll yet. Get the, you'll yes. get there. But Shrijana, you know, and part of being part of the ambassadors, what what compelled you or what led you to join the ambassadors? Was it the reticence you wanted to step out of your shell a little bit, as Miss Faye alluded to? Yes. Um, so I knew that I had this leadership quality in me, but my introvert nature and then like me being very shy. Uh, and then uh, also this new environment was something that I was like struggling with in the beginning. But um, I saw uh, my fellow friends um, into the ambassadors program and then their journey too. So I thought if I get into this um, UGA Griffin ambassadors and then let myself be out there, like uh, come out of my comfort zone, then I think I'll get back my leadership quality again, which was hiding inside me somewhere. So I think this was the best decision to join the UGA Griffin ambassadors that has led me here. I'm like so proud now that I'm able to talk to people. I'm able to open up myself, and also in this program, right? I if you had met initial Rizana, which I when I joined in 2018, you would not have found this Rizana now. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you know, they're talking about your reticence. You've just been a ray of sunshine since I walked in the door. But getting to your speech. How much did your experience with the ambassadors allow you to step? I mean, it's one thing to talk and lead behind closed doors. Now you're having to do it before an audience. You know, how daunting has it been, and do you have your speech pretty well prepared? Yes. <laughs> so, do you um, practice in front of the mirror and things like that? Um, actually not. So this is the, um, this is actually not my first time presenting. Like I have been presenting a lot in, um, in uh, a lot of conferences, but it is mostly in terms of my like research aspect. 
So I'm not sure how I would present <laughs> in the graduation. I have my speech ready. I have my personal story in it um, and how I uh, came out of the shell with um, UG Griffin Ambassadors and all. Um, but I think it will be a challenge. I'll have to practice a lot <laughs> so that I can reach um, the mass that I'm targeting for. But yeah, this, this will be interesting. Okay, as a married couple, and we'll just take an aside to the newlywed game, <laughs> which, which one of you would you say was, is the more extroverted, the more willing to put themselves out there? Is Depeche, would you say it's you, or would you say it's Shirjana? Mm. Or you think you're pretty well equal in that category? I would say me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say me. But now, like, uh, as she already said, She's, um, she's in the game also. Now, I guess we should ask, how long have you been married? It's been eight years now. Eight years? Yes. Yeah. You They're get? not newlyweds. What is this, like, fifth, when they got married at 15? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're loving all the young um, assumptions you're yeah. making, right? You're like, bring yeah. it, keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that, that's amazing. Now, part of the UGA Griffin appeal is has to be the research opportunities that this facility affords. Is that one of the attractions? And Depeche, could you tell us a little bit about some of the research you've performed here on you, getting your degrees? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm actually looking on the uh, impact analysis of uh, uh, immigration laws and small businesses. Uh, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's actually new 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 to me too. Also, so I actually. Uh, got opportunity to work with Dr. Denti Costandini, and he suggested me that uh, this research is very good. It's a causal inference, and then uh, um, you, you, got to, you got to learn um, more from this research, so I actually got into that. And yeah, here yeah, I'm graduating this May. So <laughs> there are lots you of You did something right. <laughs> you know, I, I got to jump in here now because I actually did not know that was specifically what your research was in. So um, <laughs> without too much, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, I think most of our listeners and a lot of people who are familiar with our campus know that we have a very large international population on our, on our campus. Um, and so we've, you know, kind of been trying to examine some of the obstacles that are maybe presented to our international population. So my question to you, Depeche, is now, do you think you could maybe create a pathway to make things easier for international students on the UGA Griffin campus, given this is your background? Yes, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here just a little bit. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I really, I, I really didn't know that was your specific background. So I'm like, yeah, I know what you can do. <laughs> well, b- before we get into Shrijana's research, I, I think we, we can take a, a similar tact with what you're going down here, Melissa, in that there are a lot of international professors here on campus as well. Does that help facilitate? I mean, because they have been through coming to a new country and the things that you're experiencing, they've been through. Did you find that beneficial during the course of your studies? Um, absolutely. So I think, um, so Deepesh and I, we both have international yeah. advisors. Um, so well, that I mean, helps a lot because I think they understand what we go through, um, which which is like a lot challenging in terms of our visa status, like the employment and stuff. So they know what we are going through. So they try to support us with all the advices that they have. So uh, yeah, having international advisors 
is beneficial here. And now to your research and in the course of obtaining your PhD, what have you worked on? So my research is mainly focused on um, developing like uh, better management practices in terms of peach production in Georgia. So I have been working with the irrigation and fertilization practices. So our best, um, so our goal was to come up with um, the optimal irrigation practices so that growers don't have to put as much as much water so that they can save resources. So right now. In Georgia, it's sad, but we don't have a proper irrigation practices as well as the fertilization practices. So with my research, we developed a smart irrigation peach app that actually generates irrigation schedules so they don't have to go out in the field and see like, all right, I'm not sure how much water I need to put or how much fertilizer I need to put. Um, but with the smart irrigation peach app, it tells the growers exactly the right amount of water so that has been a very beneficial tool for peach growers. Besides that, uh, in terms of the fertilization practices, um, the current fertilizer practices that we have for Georgia, we thought we were putting more because this was based on the fertilizer management in Mediterranean regions. So we did our research and we found that the current recommended fertilizer rate could actually be reduced to half. So cutting it to half means you apply less fertilizers, you save money, and it's also environmentally friendly, right? You are putting less environmental pollution out there. So, yeah. So you have, you know, it's groundbreaking research on both ends. Do you, are you, when you go home, do you discuss each other's projects or do you try to leave school at school and develop your own home life? We absolutely discuss a lot. <laughs> we try to keep it, keep it aside, but we can't because, yeah, yeah, we have to discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be like, how can we make it more available yeah. to the growers? Like, how can we help them out there? So this is uh, like a hot topic mm. in, at home, too. Now, we, you've talked, Dipesh, about possibly going into risk management, that your, your career avenues are almost limitless at this time. But if yeah. you could have your dream job, if you could, you know, if you finish your Ph.D. or whether you don't, what would your dream position be? My dream position is uh, economist position. So, yeah, any any field that has an economist position, that will be my dream job, like uh, to work as an agricultural economist. So I'm looking for that. Shrijana, <laughs> what is it that you would like to do now that you will be attaining your, your doctorate? Yeah, so this <laughs> has been <laughs> challenging for me um, because I was not quite sure if I wanted to get into academia or into the industry. Um, so far, I want to get into the industry rather than the academia. Um, and I've been into that um, journey. So um, right now, I am getting into the postdoc position um, in my lab. And I have also been offered a postdoc position at USDA in Byron. Um, but this will be my um, starting point to where I want to end um, in terms of my career. So. I would probably go into the industry field um, in the future. Well, you mentioned academia. And with your leadership skills, is that an avenue, something that you might look at sometime down the road to share your knowledge and pass it on to future generations? Absolutely. Um, so although I see industry as my preferences, um, academia is something that I would end up, I could end up being into too, um, because I always love sharing what I have learned, like in terms of the research, education, everything. So there's possibility that I might end up into the academia too. But at this point, when I see myself, um, I think I would 
rather be into the industry side. That, that's interesting. I mean, because are you planning on remaining in the United States or do you plan to, to go back to your native Nepal or, you know, have you, you know, how much consideration has been given at this point? So when I started, like when I came into the United States, I was very determined to go back to Nepal <laughs> right after my master's. Um, but um, like things changed a little bit. And then here I am with my PhD. And at this point, um, I think I want to get into the job sector more, get more experience. Um, but at the end, I want to retire in Nepal for sure. <laughs> I want to go back home um, be with my family, and also be able to serve um, the growers out there, too. Well, I do hope we have not hit the marital divide. Depeche, are you, uh, are you, you know, open to, to returning to Nepal, or would you prefer to stay in the United States? Or, you know, is this going to be just, let's see where we go? Yeah, it's just, let's see where it's going. Where it's going. So, so there will be many a family discussion. <laughs> Now, Ms. Sure. Faye, how, you know, in, within the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences, is it open, and I know it's open, but is it popular amongst our international students? Not nearly as much, much so as the science as fields. The, the science fields. Um, and all of the, I don't I shouldn't say all, I think probably the vast majority of the international students here are graduate students. Yes. And they are pretty much all in the College of Ag because yes. they're tied to things like horticulture and plant pathology and entomology and crop and soil science and ag economics and that kind of stuff. Um, we have had a few, I think, um, international students among our undergraduates, but it's been rather rare, to be honest. And it, I think it goes back to the fact that we're, you know, we're a commuter campus, too. We have had, I mean, we have one current undergraduate who's an international student. But, um, yeah, I mean, but really, when you look at our graduate population, specifically College of Ag graduate, it's about 90% international students. Yeah. Do you typically have doctoral candidates in the ambassadors program? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, years ago, when I first got involved with the ambassadors, it was pretty much an undergraduate organization. And then I remember we had our first graduate student. He was a master's student in the College of Ag. And then we went back to being pretty much all undergrad. <clears throat> and then I think we had maybe one or two more graduate students. And now um, it seems like it's it's not it's not half and half. I'd say it's mainly graduate students. But that's fine because it's an organization for students, you know, whether they're grad or undergrad. And I think it's really nice to have the mix of the undergrad and the grad students together and to have international students in with our native-born American students because they learn from each other. Um, I think it's a chance for international students to learn more about American culture and all those kinds of things. And it's an opportunity for our students to learn about other parts of the world and then the graduate students have already been through so much that the undergrads are just now going through. And I think it can help give them <clears throat> perspective. And I do want to say one thing about Srijana and, and Depeche. 
they're great dancers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this so if is we have a dance contest at graduation, they might we have win our it. They might win it. And this is one thing I love about this campus. It is so rich in uh, international students. And a while back, we had uh, the Student Advisory Council had a wonderful event called the Taste of Nations. And we not only had food from all over the world, but we had poetry and we had music and we had dance. And I think probably one of the favorite performances was the Nepali dancers <laughs> and I think it started out with Shrijana and one or two, yeah, uh, on stage, and then all of a sudden the music picked up, and Depeche and some of the guys get up there, and it was, oh my gosh, the whole audience just went, whoa, you know, and everybody was dancing and chanting, and it it was just a wonderful, wonderful evening. So they bring something to this campus that is just it just makes being here such a delight and such a pleasure, and it's a chance for us to grow and expand um, our view of the world. So um, I'm just really grateful they're here. Well, there is a certain percentage of the student population that seek the advanced degrees here on the UGA Griffin campus that fall in love with the idea of the research. They love, they, they find, well, I have to research this, and they dread it, and then it turns out that they love it. Is there any possibility that research could be in, in either of your futures? Absolutely. So um, I love the fact that you can um, like talk to the growers, find out what the what their immediate needs are, and if you can do some research on what their immediate needs are, and then get a solution to that. I think that's the best thing to do, um, because in my field, uh, my uh, goal is to serve the growers. Right now, I'm working with the peaches, but um, besides the peach growers. Any fruit crop growers, if there are any, I would love to help them. So my first goal would be to find out what their issues are, what the problems are that they're facing in the field, and to do the research to have that solution is is like um, is very satisfying. So I definitely see myself into the research field. And Depeche, would you have any interest in research or, I mean, could, uh, get working with Dr. Constantini has to be, you know, fascinating all by itself. Whether if you're just having a conversation with him, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty cool all by itself. So would you, you know, has he inspired you to maybe look at research where you might not have considered that approach before? Yeah, actually, this is the, the research I did was actually his idea. So, yeah. Uh, it gave me pleasure <laughs> because, like, uh, there is a problem, certain problem for that also. Then uh, uh, if our research can help suggest the policymakers for the suggestions too, then uh, it's nice. And I will look forward for an, any other research uh, like that in future. So, yeah. I have to compliment you both on us both being 15 years old and having doctorate degrees, little Doogie Housers in the building. But your command of the English language is tremendous. Your your grammar is impeccable. So, you know, at what age did you start learning English, and how have you been able to apply rules that we native-born speakers just throw out the window and ignore? Yeah, actually, in Nepal, we. Uh, we studied during our school. We have like a English medium school, so we're familiar to English. But yeah, the only problem is the accent. <laughs> we and have I would think too the amount of slang or improper use of words that Americans are, are famous for. I would think you know is that a bit of a little bit of a barrier? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Because, I mean, the expression I hear all the time is, do you, do you know what I'm saying? And technically, yes, I know the words. So, yes, I know what yes. you're saying. So, was that a bit of an adjustment period? Yes, so um, we are familiar about that, um, but we try to avoid that as much as we can. <laughs> now, how would you sell the University of Georgia Griffin campus experience to people from other countries? And what would you say to them to encourage them that this is a place where they can really build a solid foundation for their future? Yeah, so um, like especially coming from Nepal, um, since it's a small country, um, a lot of people have this um, challenge to uh, be in a big um, university in terms of a big mass, but University of Georgia Griffin campus, it provides a very good foundation. Um, in terms of the size, it's small, there are less um, people around, but having those people being very friendly, it helps you to come out of your shell too. So um, the education, like um, top class education, the research, Plus having all these friendly uh, faculty, staff, students, everything that um, really helps the new students to come in. Especially I can talk about the students from Nepal because it kind of matches the same environment that we grew up in. So it feels like home away from home for sure. So you, you, that, that is kind of that you've been able to kind of build a, a, a nest here. Depesh, you know, what would you say? To uh, any international student, and if you want to concentrate on Nepal, I certainly understand, but you know, what, what would you tell an international student the experience is here typically on the UGA Griffin campus? Actually, she stole all my words. She's <laughs> actually, it's all like that. <laughs> guess, guess who's doing the dishes tonight? <laughs> she stole all my words, actually. Yeah, it's so nice. Actually, actually selecting Griffin campus was um, like a no-brainer for me, like, she was already here and then but when I came here then I understand like uh, we are so close to each other yeah because I also had to uh, complete my say till second semester I, I was in Athens for the coursework and then after after third semester I came here and then I came to know that it's totally different from Athens we get to know each other and also that uh, the research is going on on the other side, but that other student activities and the research activities uh, all uh, comes together. And then there's a good community for Indian, Nepalese, and what you can say, Chinese, and everybody here. And then uh, uh, we gather together, we enjoy. <laughs> so it's a nice experience, actually. It's, I, I feel better here than Athens, actually. I would be interested <laughs> to know some of the reasons why. Yeah, because like it's uh, small, but we can like get along to each other more often, and uh, you build closer relationships. Yeah, closer relationships with each other. I think yeah. somebody made the the analogy recently that you know you're you're both from Nepal, and we yeah. have a lot of students from Nepal right now. Um, if you're in Athens, it's because there's so many people yeah. finding yeah. other Nepalese people. You have mm -hmm. to seek and make those networks. Here, they find you. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. easier to find That's other true. people with similar backgrounds because the numbers are so much smaller. Yeah, and you don't have to go like, looking. Oh. Athens, Athens used to be called like the party place, <laughs> which a lot of students want to go for well, that reason. Y'all have food of nations. Yes, that's what I wanted to mention. Like to all the new students who want to come and then enjoy that life too. Absolutely, come to Griffin Campus because at this point, what we don't have, we have everything. 
Zumba, yeah. <laughs> The Taste of Nations, Twilight Breakfast, Game Night, everything. And you know what? You don't have to compete to have a spot here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. In Athens, yeah, it's very difficult to get even into the any any programs. Also, we don't know what's happening where, and there are limited seats for any workshops or anything. But here, we can just <laughs> go. I, I think another everywhere. really good piece of that too. Um, we were talking with an, another unit in Athens recently. And they, they were asking about some activity. I said, well, I don't know if that will happen next fall. And the reason is because we'll have different students next yeah. fall. And so another beauty of having a small student population and encouraging the students to be part of the ambassadors or part of Student Advisory Council, the students are making the decisions. And so our what we have happening on campus is reflective of what the students at that time want. So, you know, what the students next fall, what the mm-hmm. appetite of those students will be, could be something totally different than right now. Yeah, but that's another really interesting thing about this campus is that because we're small, we can create those activities, those events. You can um, everything. them. Ex- and the, because the students, they're so small. The students, you know, yeah. you, you don't have to go, oh, well, I don't like Zumba. Well, probably we're having Zumba because the majority of the students wanted Zumba. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it could be, I, I know we're, I hope I can say this out loud. I think cricket is coming that's yeah. known, right? We started we, we already. Started. We started last week. I did, I, but I didn't know if I should say it out loud yet. But, yeah, Rollovers. you know, because we have a number of students who have expressed interest in cricket. Um, you know, and this time next year, it could be that, who knows, we have students wanting to do hula hooping. I don't know. Do we, do um, we still have our weekly soccer matches? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, it's more than weekly. It's at least twice a week. Yeah. yeah, at least twice. And is participation in that growing or have you kind of leveled off? I think it's, well, it's just always been big anyway. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's yeah. a real popular activity, but I mean, are we getting 11 on a side? Yeah, but but <laughs> but I must say, I can't play during the 12, uh, 12 uh, p.m. So it's so hard for <laughs> me It depends on what people can play. Yeah. In the heat, but during the winter, I'll join there, so... I think we have a it number of nice. students on the softball team this time, too. So. Yeah, y'all yeah. just started softball here. I, yeah. I saw that on social media yeah. over the course of the week. Now, Melissa, you know, you have recently taken on the role of student affairs director, in a sense, as well. How much has that added to your plate? And, you know, are you able to balance student academia? I mean, has it been a more challenging? It, you know, it's just, it's different. It's, it's just a, the it's job? A, it's, well, it's just the job. And for me, you, you do your job. But I think it is different because for me, it's definitely looking at things through a different lens. Um, because um, for the past five years, my lens has been academic affairs. And I don't care who you talk to, people are going to say their academic and student affairs are different. They are very different. But on a campus with the, the student population of our size, it makes sense that we have a centered piece that's doing academic and student affairs. So it does require looking at things a little bit differently, uh, learning about things and issues of our students that I never knew um, because I was on this end. So it's been a very eye-opening thing for me, but it's I enjoy challenges. So I like knowing what problems are and solving problems. So, yeah. Well, it's pretty neat, though, that you, you talk about bringing a new perspective, having concentrated mm-hmm. on academia and yep. the academic affairs, and now you get to apply some of that to students. Have you, you know, are there plans that you've kind of developed in your mind that you're already starting to institute, or are you still trying to kind of work them out to make sure they're seamless as possible before you try to institute them? I'm very big on strategic planning 
Um, and so one of the things that we did as a unit um, and over the past several months is really sort of assess some situations and collect a lot of data um, and create our priorities. So we have created these big umbrella priorities. And honestly, one of those, if you look at our word graphic, the word that pops up the biggest is international students. Because when we look at our student population, the majority of our students are international students. So we've turned a big focus on the needs of that population and making sure that we're serving them as best we can, but also constantly being aware of changes. So right now we've got these big things that we know international students is one housing is another um some some providing some some of the basic needs of our students those have been the big uh, areas but then as other items present themselves we're having to tweak hey yeah international students is still big but maybe it's getting a little bit smaller as what we need to focus on because maybe we're addressing some needs and we have to uh, shift our focus a little bit elsewhere housing um transportation um so you know it's just constantly assessing um and paying attention is is really what's necessary now, Mrs. Fay, we have a graduation coming up. What, uh, what, what's your role in graduation? The good thing for me is really all I have to do is be there and wear my regalia, <laughs> which is really nice, actually. Do you have to wear? Do you have to wear the cap too? I do wear the cap. Uh, have you ever seen anyone? anyone who looked good in the cap actually i have and it's because they had on a purple one <laughs> that was which you were natalie attired in purple today I'm yourself usually she usually is but it was one of those crushed velvet ones and it was like a beret and then i went over to this was when i was in athens and went over to speak to them and found out that they had gotten their degree from i don't know cambridge or oxford um and i was very jealous um and what color is yours black but yeah black is a good color but it I feel goes with everything. everything. It goes yeah, with everything. Yeah. But I feel like my my cap, which is uh, the little crushed velvet thing, it makes me look like the Pillsbury Doughboy, that kind of hat. Now, <laughs> this year's ceremony is going to be planned for outside, which for May can be a little bit tricky. Mornings are better, which mm-hmm. is a good thing there. But, you know, is there are there contingency plans in place if inclement weather were to strike? I'm sure there are. We actually had to move the graduation in fall. It was originally going to be on the lawn of the SLC. We can flip it in a minute. But, yes, uh, and the flip place is the Stuckey Auditorium. Yeah, we actually met yesterday, and we are, we're ready. If we have to, we can we can do this. And uh, I saw just as of today it's saying 55% chance of rain. But <laughs> There's many a slip between a cup and a lip. It's, you know, it's um, it's May. So, you know, we know we know it can happen, but we're, we're hoping that we will be able to keep it outside. Who on campus behind the scenes is involved? I mean, the grounds crew has to come out yep. and make sure everything's ship shape. Your IT people yep. stream this globally. Yep. So who behind the scenes helps pull all this together under the direction of, of you guys? Well, I mean, we have a we have a committee. Um, Ms. Chapman's one of our committee members. Um, obviously, the entire Office of Office of Academic Student Affairs. Uh, most of our program coordinators are on that committee. Uh, we have a couple of people from the assistant provost office on the committee, IT, facilities, um, continuing education because our backup plan is stucky. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, and whoever I'm forgetting, I'm sorry. And the ambassadors help. The ambassadors are part of things, it, yeah. You know, yeah. transporting people between the parking lot and um, So people get golf venue. cart duty. Yes, yeah. they get golf yes. cart duty and those kinds of things, yes. I'll come drive. If, you, if you're one ambassador short, I won't wear the red coat, but I will drive. That's a requirement, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have black, too, do you not? Uh, are you all, wear all, red. Your, all your yeah, coats are red, red. Nice black in Athens. 
No. Black is uh, the art society in Athens. Okay. Yes. Well, there's yeah. a reason why we're not black. That's actually that's true. Uh, it goes back Red. to the original founding of the ambassadors, and we do have a stole now that the ambassadors can wear. Uh, a stole, it, like, it, it like was a, a minx. No, it basically, it just comes down both sides of uh, the gown, and it's satin, and we had the design officially approved, I think, last fall, and um, I think we had them in time for graduation mm-hmm. last fall. So, I think so, right um, in time. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember her. Rehan. Rehan got yes. to be the very first uh, ambassador to wear one, and this time I think we should have uh, five ambassadors wearing the stole, and there are exactly five stoles. Um but they're very nice. They're black, and they have red trim on the sides. And then on one side, it has the UGA logo. And then on the other side, no, it, and under that, I think it says Griffin. And on the other side, it says Ambassadors. It looks very nice. As the graduation ceremonies mount, for you, does it feel more like a Griffin campus activity? I mean, it always has been, but does it further cement UGA Griffin as part of the UGA family? I think it does. And and one change that was made several years ago that, to be honest, I was against. And then immediately I realized that how wrong I was when I, I saw and participated in the ceremony was we switched from just having everyone wear street clothes. Um, I think the faculty did wear their regalia, but the students graduating and everybody else just wore street clothes and so the decision was made for the faculty and the students who were graduating to wear regalia and I actually was an idiot and said no and then we had the first ceremony where everyone did that and I immediately saw the benefit it added uh, I think a not just a seriousness but um, kind of a or it made it real you know, seems like way, it would be a brotherhood too, because yes. your graduates are yes. joining your fraternity, exactly, so to speak. And so um, after that, that one ceremony, I, I went, okay, I'm an idiot. That was I was well, totally no, wrong. We don't on have one. to harp yeah. on that part, <laughs> but it it, I it really I, I think has made the occasion much more um, I think real for our students and also for us that it's. It's, you know, they really are graduating. I'm getting a University of Georgia degree. And I guess you do want to have some sort of sense of ceremony and solemnity about that, even though it is a great cause for celebration as well. Now, how will the families of international students be able to celebrate this day? Well, you know, you, you alluded already, we have the live, uh, live stream happening. So anybody can, 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 can watch the show. We'll have that provided online uh, ahead of time so that people can, can link in. And then we also have ample photos taken throughout the process, too. Now, what about seating for the families who students, you know, we're, we're commuter college, as mm-hmm. you say. Uh, do we, will we be able to accommodate the families and friends of the yes. locals? Um, we start planning graduation about six months before graduation. Do you get, like, a head count from yes. your graduates? Yes. Um, and um, inevitably, we end up, some people end up bringing a few extras, so we um, estimate a couple of extras. Um, and um, honestly, I'm a little nervous this time because I've already had a few students say, oh, yeah, I said four, it's really eight. Um, <laughs> and... I actually am hearing a lot from our faculty. We have tremendous support coming down from Athens this time, too, which we always do. But we have a really good number coming down from Athens. But I think we're going to see an increased participation from our faculty and staff at this particular graduation. So it could be standing room only, people. Just saying. Now, how Get is there that, early. 
<laughs> How does the Athens campus make itself a part of UGA's Griffin ceremony? Oh yeah, we uh, we'll have um, obviously we we have our speakers coming from the Athens campus. Uh, we have representation, um, at least one person from each of the four colleges dean's offices, um, always uh, present. Uh, we have representation from the provost office, from the office of vice president uh, vice president for instruction. Um, we were very well attended and represented and supported by the Athens campus. I do know we have we have a number of associate deans attending this time, and we have one dean attending. The dean from um, um, the College of Education will be attending herself this time. She actually has um, nine educational doctorates completing um, the, the ceremony, so she's going to be present. Um, we've got representation from the, the graduate school also, so we're, we're very well supported from Athens. How many schools on campus will be having graduates all four. All four. All four of the colleges have graduates this time. Um, our heaviest representation is College of Ag and College of Ed. They're also our two largest colleges on campus. Um, but they have the largest number of graduates. But Terry and Franklin both also have graduates, too. Well, Miss Faye, is this a bittersweet day for you when graduation rolls around? Because you've, you've dealt with these people and you've kind of fostered them along as best you could. And then, you, you know, it... You know when they get on campus, the ultimate goal mm -hmm. is to get them off as a mm -hmm. successful graduate. When that day comes, I mean, is it happy for the achievement or is it sad to see them go or kind of a, a mix of the emotions? It's totally a mix because um, especially students like Shrajana, who I've gotten to know so well, and Depeche, I don't know as well, but like I said, I just... Look, but, he likes cricket and soccer. I, he's I good know. in my he, book. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and he's with Frigiano, so he's got to be a good guy. But no, it's, it's a lot about money too. Yeah, it's always the whole economics three thing. pluses. <laughs> yeah, it's always a bittersweet moment because you're very proud of them. Uh, you're very happy for them. Uh, at the same time, you hate to see them go, but you're wanting them to go because you know that they have other places and things that they need to do and be and grow into. Um, so. I have to admit, I have shed tears at graduation. Uh, I have done a lot of smiling. Um, and then I guess one of the wonderful things about it is even after they leave, a lot of them do stay in touch. You know, they'll email or, you know, out of the blue, sometimes I get a text and I just go, oh my gosh, this is from so-and-so. Um, and then sometimes they're close enough by that they can come by and have lunch, you know, that kind of thing. But um, yes, it's definitely a bittersweet moment. Well, Regina being married is, you know, and in eight years, I'm still struggling with that one, but you've been married for quite some time. And then it turns out that for the first time on the UGA Griffin campus, you shared a co-ambassador presidency. Did the, the give and take of a marriage help you in being a co-president? I mean, that, did you and Lindsay kind of like fight it out sometimes or was it a, was it a cordial, cordial relationship? It was a very nice, cordial relationship between me and Lindsay. Um, so um, I think it went very well. Um, we both were very understanding of what our forte was. So if I was taking into one role um, as a co-president, she was taking into the other role. And it was very mutual. It went very well. I must say, she was a very, very good writer, a very mm -hmm. impressive speaker, too. And... Um, Overall, like um, being the co-presidents, I think we handled it very well. Um, no fights. <laughs> um, it, it, it went very well. Were you able to feed off each other your ideas? You were to like she would have an idea, you would have an idea, and you would have to kind of work out how to make it a single plan. Absolutely. So we had this uh, shared Google Drive, and we would put in 
both our thoughts. So whenever we are preparing like an agenda for our meeting for the ambassadors, um, it was the shared folder. So I'd put on my things, you'd put on her things. And when we looked at the end, we always like complimented each other. If I was forgetting something, she would add in and vice versa. So it, it, it was very mutual. Competition, Dupesh. <laughs> <laughs> do y'all do that at home too? <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. have, yeah. yeah. That, that's a, I mean, that is a neat idea using the Google Drive. I'd never had considered that. I'm a, my marriage is going to be transformed starting tonight. <laughs> now, I ask all of our students, uh, what is your favorite thing, Depesh, about the University of Georgia Griffin campus? I mean, the, the stellar education you've, you've touched on, the, the student relationships, but it, what is your, do you think maybe your single greatest memory in your time here on the Griffin campus as you get ready to depart? The relationships, actually. The relationship with the faculties and um, actually the administrative uh, faculties, like uh, which uh, usually we don't have with the administration, uh, administration faculties and all the representatives also. Uh, because like, uh, as I said, like with the students and our, our general department faculty, we can have in all campuses, all universities. But in Griffin, we have a, a kind of a friendly bond with all, all of the faculties, regardless of the department. And uh, it's so nice. And Shrijana, I've got to ask the same question. What, what's what's the, the single biggest selling point for UGA Griffin? Um, I would say How the same. Doing? The personal relationship that we built in here, it's like the greatest foundation. Um, as Dipesh mentioned, um, it is really, really easy for us to reach out to anybody in Griffin campus. Like literally anyone you can reach out. Um, so that helps us a lot. And I must thank Ms. Todd. Because she has been working, like recently she has been working into all the issues that we have been facing. Like literally all. Y'all can stop with issues anytime now. Yes. (laughs) We'll be like, Miss Todd, knock, knock. (laughs) So yeah, we find ourselves very comfortable. Like it's very comfortable for us to just like, if you have any issue, we can just go to their office, knock the door, and they will be there for us. So that in Griffin campus is the biggest selling point for, for me. Well, Ms. Faye, you mentioned that the students after graduation, many tend to remain in contact in one form or another. Does it tend to be more women students than men who, who will reach out and keep their relationship going? That's a good I mean, I can see yeah. Shrijana doing this. Yeah. That's a good question. I um, hadn't really thought about that. I think it's probably more of the female students but I do still have some male students that every once in a while just like I said out of the blue I'll get an email or a text from them just to kind of update me Uh, or they'll send me a message on LinkedIn you know just to let me know something that's going on and um, I really appreciate that it just it it makes me feel good to see where they're going and what they're up to but I, I wonder too you know based on that question when we look at undergrads which you know Franklin's undergrads we tend to at least historically have had more female students right. than, grads, yes. than male students. but mm-hmm. So that could be it too, though. Well, we're yeah. just about out of time, but I do want to touch on one of the traditions on the UGA graduation ceremony, and that's the bricklaying. You know, how did that start, and where do we put that now? Well, it's one of the things that's best sets known. You apart. It does, and it's one of the things that sets us apart from Athens and Tifton and Gwinnett. And um, 
It's one of the things that we're starting to be known for. So when we're talking internally UGA, it's one of those things. It's also one of those things that when we tell a prospective student, especially when we're talking with undergrads, and we take them around and show them these bricks, they love it. And I think it allows them very early on to, to sense that, um, to grasp that sense of community and family that this campus is and how special the Griffin campus is. Yes, it's still the University of Georgia, but it's the Griffin campus. So the idea of the bricks being laid um, it's one of those things that um, the I want to make. I wrote the whole name down because I always mess it up. The Naomi Chapman Woodruff Pavilion yes. got all the names in there. Yes, you did. The uh, obviously that pavilion um, has its history set back from the 1996 Olympics, um, and so it's a beautiful display on, under that pavilion of all historically of the bricks of the graduates of this campus. Um, Currently, there's some structural issues with that pavilion, and so uh, about a year and a half ago, we moved the, the bricks, like the graduation celebration itself, to the front lawn of the SLC, but that was extremely fitting. I'm so glad we did that. In retrospect, it maybe should have been that way all along. Why didn't we? I mean, every student, whether you're a, a graduate student, an undergraduate student, a business student, it doesn't matter. You have some connection to the Student Learning Center. Mm-hmm. And so placing those bricks out there has been a beautiful addition. Uh, Prospective students love seeing it. Uh, Graduates love coming back and visiting their bricks, bringing their family members. It's a great thing. And that really is what it's. We don't have a graduation. Graduation is in Athens. Right. We have a graduation celebration here. And the big focal point of that is the laying of the bricks. I have to add something that we've just started in the past year. And it's the, uh, the new tradition that we're starting with students as they're becoming Griffin students. So when you graduate, you lay your brick. Oh, I'd pro- I'm saying it. I'm saying it out on, yeah. the, out on the, the airwaves across the world. There's a tunnel on this campus. And so our new thing is tagging the tunnel. Um, so we have all of our undergraduates at New Student you Orientation. Tag the tunnel. Um, we used uh, chalk, the last group, and I actually went under the tunnel within the past couple of weeks and was surprised to see that it was still there. Well, it's a tunnel. Yeah, it's dry. So it was. We, we we didn't use paint because you know a little bit of concern about you know inhaling the fumes. Um, so we chalked the t- the tunnel with the new students, and it's just a really cool thing. So you get to place your mark when you get here, and you get to put that that permanent marking of the brick when you graduate. And then you get the quality University of Georgia degree. And well, they yeah. get to make their mark on the world. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank today's guest for joining us as we're just about out of time. Shoshana Thapa Magar, who is going to be receiving her PhD in horticulture, and her husband, Depeche Thresta, who is going to be receiving his second master's degree, this in agricultural and applied economics. We've also been joined by Faye Chapman, who is the program director for the Franklin College of Arts and Sciences, as well as a faculty sponsor of the ambassador program here at UGA Griffin, and Melissa Todd, the assistant director of academic and student affairs. We thank them all for their time. Thank you so much. I know Shirjana's got a meeting she's got to get to so we're going to bounce and we hope that you'll join us one week from right now as we bring you the next installment of the UGA Griffin Campus News. Thanks for joining us for today's program of UGA Griffin Campus News. Listen each Thursday morning at 9 for UGA Griffin Campus News on WKU AM 1450 102.3 FM and The Rock 88.9 FM and streamed live on the WKURadio.com website. Today's program was made possible by Frank and Carolyn Harris of Round Oak Resources Tree Farm and Murray and Company Realtors. <laughs>